Welcome to the EuroK podcast series, Let's Talk Aviation Standards. With this new podcast series, we want to inform you and update you about the news uh, in aviation, link it to standards and link it to EuroK activities. In different episodes, uh, we want to address the current challenges, but also want to take opportunities we see right now and inform you about some general topics of uh, general interest. So in our first episode, we call, is this a standard crisis? That's a podcast uh, where I have invited uh, Karen McCauley. She's a board member of the Flight Safety Foundation and was previously an ICAO council member representing Australia on the council of uh, ICAO in Montreal. Her background is accident investigation, so she has an overall knowledge about aviation. She was not or is not uh, totally familiar what EuroK does in, in all the details. So this uh, made her perfectly fit uh, to lead the interview and lead me through something to explain EuroK from a more generic side but also to address the current challenges and the current crisis we are in, see what the effects are on aviation and how EuroK as a standard developing organization can help here the stakeholder and their members. My name is Christian Schleifer. I'm the Secretary General of EuroK. Very proud uh, to have the opportunity here to uh, talk to you, give you some insights at the end, uh, please let us know how do you like our podcast, what kind of topic you want to see covered in the next uh, editions. Any feedback is welcome, positive or negative challenges, and we will uh, come back to you. Thank you for listening in. Karen, can I welcome you and thanks for accepting this invitation. You told me you have prepared some tricky questions for me in order to to tell our audience uh, about uh, Eurocay. Thank you, uh, Christian. Uh, what a pleasure it is that you made contact with me to do this uh, piece of work for you. And uh, uh, I have to say at the outset, I'm also new to this whole uh, podcast uh, scene, but uh, I understand it's a, a very, uh, very useful and important way of communicating uh, various messages to your audience. Um, what I want to do is, um, as, as you said earlier, is kind of uh, set the baseline first and uh, try and uh, put us all on the same page in terms of what this organisation that we know as Eurocay really is. So can you give me a little bit of background on on how it came about and, and what its uh, current uh, status is uh, in the in the uh, world of aviation standards. Yes, uh, Eurocay itself is a is a standard developing organization. So we call them SDOs, uh, standard developing organization. So what we are doing is uh, that uh, it's an industry. We develop industry standards led by industry but uh, very close uh, with uh, the regulators. So, so normally industry standards complement the regulatory frame. And that's the nice thing on standards that the regulator makes reference 
to standards as an acceptable means of compliance uh, for different needs. So we are specialized in developing standards for aviation. We come from an area of uh, equipment uh, standards, so mainly standards for equipment on board of an aircraft. We have expanded our activities uh, to all areas of aviation. We do uh, ground equipment, ATM equipment. Uh, we do uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, we do cybersecurity. Uh, so really in, in all the different areas. EuroK itself is a non-for-profit association, uh, which is based in Paris, which was uh, uh, founded uh, 57 years ago by the ECAC states, but uh, is now led by by the industry or a representative of the industry, but also a, a structure of, of authorities uh, like uh, EASA, um, the FAA, uh, and, and, and others. So our main role is uh, to develop those standards and uh, making sure they are avail available on time. The organization itself uh, provides the platform for experts to meet and develop those standards. So actually the work uh, behind is done by experts which are uh, nominated by our members. So it's a voluntary workforce, and uh, we try uh, to 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 set the scene, uh, have the work program, have the procedures in place. The organization itself has around ten employees supporting exactly this uh, um, this process. Christian, I understand um, from particularly from my experience in uh, in ICAO in Montreal that there's more than one standard making. Uh, or technical standard-making organisation in the world, and I certainly know of the RTCA, RTCA in the USA. And, in fact, ICAO itself is a standard-making organisation, a global standard-making organisation. So uh, how do these organisations sort of fit together? Uh, is their work overlapping or is it complementary? Um, it would be great to get clarification on that if I could. Okay, uh, that's a very good question. And, and indeed, it's, uh, RTCA is a good example. RTCA is one of our main partners because with RTCA, we have uh, more than 50% of our activities joined. That means we are doing the activities together. That, that also means that our membership and the membership of RTCA is working together to develop an technically identical standard. So there is an RTCA standard where you have exactly the same EuroK standard. Do you have an ED number, EuroK document, and a DO number, uh, an RTCA document, uh, which are where the content is technically identical? That also means if you show compliance against one standard, it automatically is accepted uh, on, at the other side of the Atlantic. While ICAO has a little bit of a different role in some areas, uh, ICAO standards and recommended practices are very often the baseline to be transformed by the state into national legislation. And this is uh, uh, very often we work here together. And you see, for example, if you look in Annex 6 in the uh, requirements for flight recorders, uh, they say that you need a flight recorder on board of an aircraft. How this flight recorder look like? They refer to our standards. So we are complementing us here. 
While there are some more uh, standard developing organizations around the world, that's true. Uh, we try to, to collaborate as much as we can, to coordinate as much as we can our work program and not to overlap. That's one of the main, uh, let's say, restrictions we have from our members. Make sure that you are not uh, having any overlapping activities. We, we do not have endless resources, so it means we want to focus and, 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 and use our resources efficiently and effectively in, in contributing to one standard developing uh, process and not to many parallel ones. So with SAE, uh, ASDM, there are also some European platforms where for some areas we coordinate exactly those kind of activities, making sure there are no overlaps, but also to identify where we have gaps and uh, see what is the best organization to close those gaps. That's, that's very helpful, actually, for me and I'm sure those that are listening to this podcast. I want to ask quite a fundamental question. Why is it so, so important to have standardized standards? Standardized standards. Yeah. Why, why, do we, why do we need these standards? What benefit do they bring? In, in several, it depends on which corner you're looking at that. So, so first of all, if, if, if a, a regulator, if the, if the certification authority is accepting and referring to one standard, you know, this is an accepted means of compliance. So if you follow this standard and you, you are producing, you're certifying your equipment according to this standard, it will automatically, automatically be accepted and will be certified. Secondly, this is this is uh, the current best industry practice. So experts are sitting together, and if you purchase uh, an equipment, uh, ground equipment, for example, you're not writing your own specifications in all the details. You make reference to a standard. You say, "I want I want to have an equipment which fulfills the following standard." For example, for voice over IP, what we are using here to record this broadcast. Um, and, and, and these are in, in, in many, many areas. So best industry practice paired with the, uh, with the complementarity uh, of uh, regulatory frame gives us the beauty in, uh, in, 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 in having a set of, of uh, guidance material which are helping us to, to, uh, uh, to certify products and to bring products on the market. So the trigger is sometimes very different. Sometimes we have a trigger that there is a requirement uh, out, for example, an accident uh, based on, on a recommendation, which you might know very well from your past experience in your job, and they're requiring to have a flight recorder, a cockpit voice recorder, and then the industry sits together and develops exactly uh, what is the best industry practice at the moment, what can we do. Uh, the regulator uh, has a word in that, and then together, including the operators. So normally, uh, to develop a standard, we talk about 15, 20 we are 30 people sitting around the table from different areas and they are doing the job and they make sure that this standard is then useful and, and usable exactly for the uh, uh, areas we, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are looking for, so for the industry to, to produce, but also for the, uh, for the certification authority to certify. 
Could I sum that up in a word, though? Are we really talking about maintaining the fundamentals of safety by having this level of standardisation? It's, I mean, the level of safety, and indeed the level of safety is normally done by uh, or given by the, um, by the certification authority. Yeah. So that's, that's indeed something we are, we are talking and that's what we are seeing now, the tendency in moving more performance-based regulatory frame so where the uh, certification or the authority the regulator gives you a level of safety and the direction how to comply with that um, there are many areas there are many ways to go there and standards uh, are describing some of them or many of them and that's what we see more and more uh, performance-based risk-based and operation-centric uh, requirement, uh, the regulatory frame, paired with this set of more a bit more flexible standards uh, to to develop and make sure that we can use uh, technology innovation uh, to make things happen and bring it on the market uh, a bit quicker, in the aim of safety for sure. For sure, safety is a target, and safety is never compromised. Uh, that's the, that's the highest level uh, we always have in mind, and uh, and then the set of standards below. That's great. Let, let's. I'd like to move on to what we're facing right now. I mean, in the last few years, certainly uh, during the time I was at you and I were at ICAO, and and since then, up until literally a number of months ago. The aviation world was worried about trying to keep up with the pace of change, uh, the demand for human resources and technical resources, um, and the competition it was facing with other parts, you know, other industries in, in doing that to help itself grow in a sustainable way. Now it seems like the brakes have been absolutely put on everyone or every part of the industry. We're already seeing some airlines uh, starting to go into voluntary administration. We might come out the other side of this with an, uh, a lot fewer airlines and, and the recovery from this is going to take many years, that's, that's for sure. So what, what, what do you see this current situation looking like right now and, and how it might pan out over the next number of years and I guess importantly in, embedded in that is how is this affecting Eurocade? Yeah, indeed Karen I in January February we were still uh, having meetings in in order to address uh, the uh, challenges we were facing at this time and that was capacity efficiency uh, making sure that we have uh, enough uh, space available, airspace available, uh, in order to cope with the with the traffic. Uh, another question was uh, that we have enough staff, qualified staff, available for uh, uh, for the work we have to do for the future. Uh, we have foreseen, and uh, within a couple of days, the world has changed, and our business has changed completely. I agree. What you're saying is uh, that. Uh, uh, the, the main challenges uh, we are we are addressing today are totally different. So on on one side, that has forced us as Eurocay, the lockdown 
what are we doing? So, so it, it was our business to have, to have meetings in, in our location in, in Paris, in Saint Denis. So, so beautiful location where we have nice meeting rooms to make sure that people feel comfortable and then feel well and, 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 you know, are open to discuss for breakout session. Everything was here, but this is not happening anymore. So we had to switch over. Over the weekend, from uh, from face to face meetings to virtual meetings. So actually, the work we are doing is is going on. We haven't seen any fundamental or or or, or re- reduction of the activities we are we are currently doing. It's uh, we are we are still doing that. Uh, we are still developing the standards. We are we are also uh, we 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 have. We made exactly this this preparation many years ago already, and moved everything to a to a cloud based solution. So for us, it's not really important to sit at the uh, at the office. We can all do everything. Do uh, or all the activities could be done remotely. So that's that's also something we we see as uh, as a benefit for that. Nevertheless, sometimes we miss these face to face meetings because they give an extra. The body language is missing. You know, this is this is part of a of a meeting of a of a of a of a um, working group meeting when they sit next to each other and addressing different positions and 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 try to find the consens. So so that's something we are missing. But I think overall we have seen uh, we all have accepted there is a new world. We all have accepted that we can do it virtually so that we don't need to have the face-to-face meeting. We have broken up a little bit the, 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 the work program in digestible portions, so making sure we can address them. So that's also something uh, we, we have we have adapted a little bit. And for sure, the priorities have changed. So that's also something that the work program we are currently addressing is still aiming from or coming from an area where where capacity efficiency uh, was one of the main topics i'm 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 deliberately not mentioning uh, safety because safety is always uh, part of our work so so this is not out of that because i'm not mentioning it for sure we have safety related activities but nevertheless this is this is still this is still coming from this area and now we see a bit of a change that we might address different different topics for example we started discussing about uh, disinfection of cabins we we discuss about the equipment on board of an aircraft uh, to detect a virus to detect sick people to detect uh, this kind so you see we we are adapting quickly and we try to adapt our pro- internal process to be a little bit more agile uh, and 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 reflect we also see that as you mentioned correctly the uh, the industry uh, is 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 heavily affected so so we 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 see a couple of airlines or, or many airlines on the ground we see aircraft could not be delivered we see uh, the the reducing uh, the the production rate so everything uh, has an effect on that but sometimes if we speak with our members, they say, ah, every crisis we will get out of it. So make sure that we are using exactly this time frame now to make sure that we come back and we are prepared to come back now. And that's what we are working on. 
just before I go on to that side of it, um, I, I just wanted to ask a, a additional question related to that. You, you said you're still working with your, your members, but I'm, you know, down here in Australia we're seeing, you know, many layoffs of, um, of staff from airlines are you seeing any shrinkage in that sort of um, uh, voluntary workforce that, that you rely so heavily on because they no longer have a job at the moment? Yes. For the time being, it's, uh, I wouldn't say heavily. We see some effects uh, that, that uh, some organisations have uh, reduced uh, their staff a bit, some organisation on this uh, short-term employment scheme. Uh, so we see some effects. But I would say 95% of the activities are still on track. A little bit delayed in some areas, but not more or less uh, than, than, than usual. So, so for the time being, yes, but we are prepared uh, to, to react if we see more, uh, more effects coming uh, from, from, from this side that, that, that we, that we have reduced participation and reduced expertise. Because this, this is really key. If we don't have the right people around the, around the table to, to develop these standards, uh, quality is one of the main goals we try to achieve. Uh, the standard needs to be 150% uh, quality. So, so that needs to be addressed and that needs to be correct. So we are not compromising that. Not safety and not quality of our standard. Look, it looks like, you know, this, this pandemic is not going to go away anytime soon. We have, you know, uh, examples around the world where, where some countries seem to be over the worst of it, but they're also planning for the, for the worst if a, uh, an outbreak occurs again to, to shut down yet again. Um, and I guess most people are thinking that until this, there's a, an answer like a vaccine that comes along that we really won't be back to a, even a new normal uh, for some time to come. So you've talked about the measures that you're taking and how you're working right now. While this continues on, uh, will it be more or less more of the same of those, those ways of coping or have you got some other things in mind um, while we're still in this fragile situation? Um, and then I guess the second part of that is have you started planning for coming out the other side of this? Yeah, there are different scenarios. So at the moment, we see that uh, some of the airlines started already uh, with uh, some kind of scheduled flights. Uh, we have announcement from some of the airlines that they will start uh, flying from June on, so in, in from two weeks from now. Uh, might go back slowly, but I agree what 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 you say. We are we are far away from a, from a normal. Uh, aviation uh, schedule, uh, which we had uh, a year ago. So if we look at the numbers, uh, we see a reduction of 90% of the traffic today. Even if we, if we are go back uh, to some kind of uh, daily flights, we are, we are far away from, from the traffic we had a year ago. So, so yes, uh, there might be, um, it might take longer. 
and it will definitely take longer. We see still restrictions from states, even in the European Union. You can't travel freely as it was as we were used in the past. You can see it on, on my, myself. You know, I, I work in Paris. I, I'm, I was, I have a house in in Vienna. I live in Vienna. I commute. This is a little bit restri- restricted now, and uh, and. Yes, we are not going back. So what, how we are addressing that? So we have our regular meetings with our governing boards. So we have quite a good representation of all the industry areas at our board. And uh, we discuss what, what are the needs? What are the effects? Uh, and what, what we can do as an organization in order to help the industry to come back to this normal life. So as, as I said already, one of these areas might be a little bit different as we had addressed in the past, uh, which is this infection, which is to address exactly when we are go to take some, if, if we are going back to fly, what kind of measures have to be, uh, be in place. And maybe there are some activities needed. Uh, we can support our members here. Uh, in the meantime, it's also something that we don't want to miss the opportunity because you can you can imagine i always said you know the, the standardization is not the center of the universe so so it's not the highest topic it's not the highest priority all the time but uh it's uh, we were lacking of resources uh to to have the right expertise around the table operational people for example air traffic controller pilots people are in in, in front of uh, of all this uh, in, in this industry so we don't want to miss this opportunity to address exactly those kind of activities we always pushed a little bit back because the resources were not here and now there is time and maybe there are the right resources available to address that because we get out of this crisis it's just a question when we get out and we want to be prepared and we don't want to miss the opportunity now to make good use of this time make good use of the resources we have available. The lockdown might help us here a little bit to, to I don't say that's a good thing, but it's a, it's a, more the opposite. But we should use exactly this, this, this opportunity. We take this opportunity now to address exactly those topics which were always difficult to address because resources were not there, the time was not there, uh, and the right expertise was not available. And that has changed a little bit, and we can see that, and we are addressing that. You and I are both, I guess, glass half full people. So as you said uh, a few moments ago that, you know, at some point in the future, sooner hopefully rather than later, we're going to start the recovery phase of this. And, uh, and yes, there may be a new normal. So uh, my question for you is do you think in light of the experience you've had so far in working in this very different way with your um, industry members that there will be some things about UK, the way it works, that might permanently change? Oh, yes, I think so. I'm, and what we are, we are prepared for adapting. So that's what we tried to do the last years to make sure that we are more agile on the needs, more agile on the political situation, more agile on... Uh, challenges we are facing, uh, environmental challenges, also uh, uh, capacity challenges. So all this uh, forced us uh, to rethink a little bit, to be a little bit more flexible, 
in in the way we are doing our business and i see that also in the future we might not have this amount of face-to-face -face meetings in the future we are getting quite used to uh virtual meetings uh, we we are one of the organization uh, having uh, developed uh, many standards for virtual solutions, virtual centers, virtual towers. So, so we are in this digitalization world. So, so let's say it, uh, take it by the name. But yes, I think it will uh, change the world. It will change the way we are doing business. Uh, I, I. We discuss internally already. We will, we will, we know we have to do more with less and uh, we have to find efficiency gains and have to be more effective and have to be uh, a bit more uh, flexible in addressing uh, topics and challenges uh, the industry is facing. Well, thanks, uh, uh, Christian. That's all well, that's been very helpful. Um, I think we're probably getting close to the end of our little podcast. I just wonder if there's any kind of closing comments you'd like to make uh, before we both sign off. Yeah, I think your questions are, are good. I, I, for me, it's always difficult to, to express and, and making sure that we are addressing exactly what our members want to know, what, uh, what the community wants to know. We are somehow in the middle of, of this bigger picture we have our role in the bigger picture. That's definitely the case. And I'm, I, I know that standards, without standards, it's, it's very, very difficult to get through the industrialization phase. So, so standards are in between research and development. So, so you know, you, you have a, you can produce something. There is technology available, but then you have to go through the industrialization phase. That means the industry is slowly producing developing a product uh, they can sell they can put on the market the the regulator is uh, is setting um, preparing a set of uh, uh, regulatory frame certification specifications and we are providing the standards for that so we are working here hand in hand with the regulator for this industrialization phase and then you can deploy it that means you can implement it so for this, it's uh, we do a lot of coordination work. So that's the reason we are not the center of the universe, but we are still in the middle of somewhere of this bigger picture, and we have our role. And that makes coordination and collaboration so important for us. And uh, we 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 want to continue with that, and uh, also to make sure that our industry has exactly what they need. And that might look a little bit different here. The needs are coming from different areas. Uh, here, the crisis has shown that uh, what we developed last year as a work program might not be exactly uh, what we are facing today, but uh, it's still not totally unvalid. So, so there are some activities we are we are just starting right now. For example, you might be interested in that. This is the revision of the flight recorder standards. Uh, we're doing uh, new standards on low-risk application to certify the software behind that. This is something new, uh, radar altimeter. So we are still revising. The world is still turning around. And, and so, so the industry sees a future, and we all see the future. And 
there is no future without flying. Uh, Karen, we wouldn't see each other anymore if uh, if there is no aviation. And uh, I, I hope that I come back to Australia and see you one day. And I hope to welcome you back here in, in, in Europe one day. I, uh, I hope to do the same. I'm just uh, waiting for that moment where we can just click our fingers and say, beam me up, Scotty, and then we're in the other side of the, uh, the, <laughs> the planet in uh, a nanosecond. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, your organisation seems to be doing a, a, a very uh, good job. It serves a very vital role. Um, it's good to hear that uh, you're an organisation that's willing to um, rise to the challenges, um, listens to, to the industry needs uh, in this very uh, challenging time and uh, that there will be a future for you along with the, the aviation industry as it, as it recovers, uh, hopefully, in the near future. Thank you. Thank you, Karen, and uh, thanks for, for doing this uh, podcast with me. And uh, let me change the role now. Uh, you have asked the questions. Let me ask one last question to you. So in listening to all of that, what would be your first reaction? What would you, with your experience as a, as a representative of ICAO, as a uh, previous uh, as an accident investigator and now on the board of the Flight Safety Foundation, what would you like to see? What do you think is the priority today w you would like to see addressed uh, by an organization like us? Look, I, I don't think there's any one particular thing. I, th I think it's that uh, that given your your record to date and your your willingness to um, adapt to the times, that you don't let your own standards drop in terms of getting this important work done. To me, I said before I asked that question about safety being the sort of foundational element of all of this work. Um, You know, there are other benefits of standardization. There are economic benefits as well. Um, but uh, doing what you're doing is all I would ask. Continue doing it. Continue adapting as, as needs arise. Um, we need organizations like yours and, uh, and RTCA and our overarching uh, international standards maker, ICAO, to make sure this is a a safe place for people to go about their business on an aeroplane for business or, or pleasure. Um, everyone matters. And so this work to me is important. Indeed. Thanks for your answer. Thanks for, uh, for, uh, spending your time with me and then preparing for this, uh, was quite interesting. Your, your exchange, Uh, that was our first podcast uh, of Eurokey. Uh, we prepared a set of questions. It didn't turn out that way, but it was a lively discussion. Thank you very much, Karen. Looking forward to see you soon. Bye. Bye.